And welcome into the ASI Sheepcast. I'm Chase Adams for the American Sheep Industry Association. Well, we were very pleased to have had Rabobank as one of our sponsors for the annual Sheep Industry Convention in Scottsdale, Arizona back in January. And today we're talking with Angus Gidley Baird, a Sydney, Australia-based analyst with Rabobank focused on the global sheep industry. Angus, before we dive into the markets, tell me a little about Rabobank and your position there. Yeah, thanks, Chase. Um, yeah, I'm with uh, what we call our Rabo Research Team within Rabobank because Rabobank's solely food and agri-focused. We've got a team of about 90 analysts around the world looking at all the different commodity markets, and I'm the one in Australia uh, looking at animal protein. So I cover um, beef cattle, sheep meat, pork, poultry, and, and seafood markets in Australia, uh, looking at what's going on in those markets domestically and also globally and then conveying that information through to uh, internally within the bank but also to our clients as well and sharing that with them and hopefully giving them some insight that helps them um, make the decisions in their business. And Angus, I've always got to ask, what's uh, what's your background and and tell me what brought you to Rabobank? Yeah, so uh, I'm obviously Australian, sound Australian. uh, I'm, I'm living in Sydney at the moment. Uh, was born in, in Canberra. I've lived in Darwin. So lived in a number of different places. Um, uh, I've been with Rabo for about or just over five years now in this role. Prior to that, I was in a uh, sort of an advocacy role with a, a state farming organisation, um, doing a similar sort of thing, looking at different markets and movements, and um, yeah, lobbying on behalf of farmers. So um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's it's great because uh, living in Sydney, well, we, we call it our biggest city. It's only, I think, a, a smidge over sort of 4 million people, so not that big in, in comparison to some global cities. But still, I think there are enough people that live here that I'd, I'd probably rather spend my time out in the country somewhere. Um, but this gives me the ability to, uh, to touch, um, touch that rural life and also speak to those people on the land. Let's switch gears and talk a little about the broad trends that you see in the sheep market, both nationally and internationally. Well, I mean, first of all, it's, it's great to be able to, to talk uh, on, on this podcast channel, Chase. We don't, don't often get a chance to talk globally when we talk sheep meat. Um, I know I've got, a, I've got a colleague in New Zealand, and uh, the two of us are about the only two in Rabo that are looking at sheep meat. Um, so it's great to be able to talk to a, a global audience. Um, but Australia and New Zealand obviously dominant forces in, in global sheep meat exports. I think we export close to... 70-75% of global sheep meat um, and it, it's been quite a uh, well quite an unusual well, we're in Australia in quite a unique situation at the moment we've had a couple of years of really dry seasonal conditions which meant that people have um, offloaded liquidated a lot of lot of sheep um, we, we saw some very high slaughter numbers of um, ewes and and uh, and weathers in the last couple of years and as a result we've now got a very low breeding flock so our, our breeding flock at the moment is about 63.5 million sheep. Um, this, is a, this is the lowest in probably over 100 years. Um, so we've got a very limited flock. That just means that our production this year is, is going to contract um, and next year it again will, will be low and it'll take a while for us to rebuild that. So from an export point of view, our exports are going to be down uh, this year and probably show some sort of recovery next year, but not very much at all. It's going to be a couple of years to rebuild this spot. And Angus, you mentioned the conditions there in Australia. As you all come out of one of the worst droughts that you've ever seen and head into winter, what's the outlook? Yeah, so the, the 
most of the areas, most of the sheep production areas, uh, effectively sort of on the east coast, southeast of Australia, um, and over in the west, most of them have had a have had a pretty good season over the last couple of months. It sort of the rains came through in probably about February for much of the east coast, so a lot of them are now having a really good season. Um, as you say, we're, we're heading into winter, so. This is sort of our traditional lambing period now. Um, you'll have people that have started lambing already and others that maybe with some crossbreds in some um, in some more northern areas will be able to continue lambing through into July, August. But we're sort of in, in the middle or, or, or yeah, in the middle of our lambing season now. Um, it's interesting watching those lambing rates come through. Um, we, we we have had some you know some scanning uh, information that's showing some some good um, uh, good conception rates because uh, of the improved seeds. So that's encouraging that we're actually going to probably see a good lambing, but we've still got less use in the system. So that's not going to overcome, I don't think, the, the reduction in use that we've got. So at the moment, we're looking at um, lamb slaughter for this year to be down about 5%, uh, so about 20 million lambs. Um, that means our production is probably going to fall about 2.5% because uh, we'll see some pickup in weight, um, but it's not going to offset that complete drop. Um, and then, so that's 2020, we, we expected you know, about a 2.5% drop in production. 2021, we'll, we'll start to see that recovery, um, and it'll be a 5% recovery we were expecting in 2021, but that's still, it's still not really left back to the levels that we've seen um, back in 2017-18 when we had much higher volumes. So it, it seems like a big percentage in terms of an increase, but it's still only taking us part way back to where we were before. So, um, you know, we, we're seeing some pretty crazy things with prices at the moment. Lamb prices generally start to edge up at about this time of year and we hit our peak through, through July just because of the shortage of supply in the system. Uh, but we hit a peak uh, back in February uh, when the rain came through and, and there was a lot of demand for for restockers, for, for producers putting lambs, or buying lambs and restocking their flocks. So that that had a spike effect in our prices. Um, I'll, I'll give Australian prices, I apologise, um, because I know we, we sort of reached about $9 a kilo at one stage. Um, it's now come back to about $7, $7.80. I think $7.80 or $7.90 with exchange rates where they are at the moment, I think equates to about... 11.25 a pound in US numbers, so um, the the prices are still very very strong uh, for for this time of year, much higher than what they were in previous years. So um, that's just a reflection of the limited supply. Um, the question will be over the next couple of months whether or not our our processors, our meat processors or packers, um, take the opportunity to have some some breaks and, and a couple of weeks off. And, and schedule some maintenance just because of limited numbers and, and high prices at the moment. Obviously, the global COVID pandemic has thrown all of our markets into turmoil. We know there's so many variables yet, but as best as you can, uh, what's the outlook at this point for when these markets may return, and what should producers expect? There are effectively two separate markets for sheep meat, one being the, the sort of premium lamb end, and then the other being the, the mutton end. Now, um, COVID-19 is, is obviously having a massive disruption to the food service and restaurant trade and I feel that's going to have quite a, well I was expecting that to have quite a large impact on our demand, overall demand for, 
for lamb. Um, as I said, we're not really seeing that in Australia because of our local sheep uh, lamb shortage. But um, I would expect that, you know, particularly where it's positioned as a premium red meat product on a, you know, on a on a restaurant entree uh, menu or something like that, that I would have expected it to see or feel a, a lot of pressure with the, the reduced restaurant trade. Um, also, you know, cruise ship lines, I understand a large amount goes into cruise ship lines, etc. With with travel being shut down, um, again, I was expecting that demand to come off. Maybe it hasn't as much, I don't know. Um, but the other thing that, that probably concerns me is sort of the economic outlook that people have at the moment and the, the reduced economic activity consumer spending. So even though we get over this hump of COVID-19 where we've got food service and restaurants that are uh, seeing very much reduced traffic, we're going to move into a period where there's going to be lower consumer spending anyway. And traditionally in those sort of situations, you see people trend down in their protein purchases. So they'll, they'll not go out and buy the expensive stuff at a restaurant, but they'll trend down into something and it might be more of a burger style uh, or a more a commodity style uh, red meat purchase. Now, maybe that'll support, say, the mutton industry. But again, the lamb industry, I think, is is more exposed in that space. So um, maybe it's a fortunate thing that Australia's volumes are down at the moment. That'll relieve some pressure in that market um, from a supply point of view and might offset some of that reduction in demand. But I do feel lamb in particular is probably a little bit more exposed um, to a reduction in food service trade and also a slowing economy uh, than some of the other proteins and its ability to pivot from say a premium position market into something that is more commodity line I think is is not as strong as some of the other proteins. It's not as easy say as chicken or pork or, or even beef for that matter that can go into hamburgers. Um, I, I think it's it's really done a great job in positioning itself as a premium product and it's got a lot of gains out of that, but it does mean that I think we're a little bit more exposed to the slowing economy. Thanks, Angus. And for those folks who are interested, what's the best way to find out more about Rabobank and gather some market insight or find their local lender? If, if anyone wants to find out more on, on Rabobank and what we do and how we might be able to help, visit raboag.com. Um, or reach out to one of your local Rabo managers there across the state and, and get in touch. Um, yeah, encourage you to to, um, to reach out. Um, and it's been great to actually speak to, uh, to you guys, Chase, in the US. I know the US is a very important market from an Australian point of view, but it's also a bit of a leader in some of the trends that go on and, and what happens not only in the sheep industry, but outside the sheep industry as well. So... I find it very interesting. I follow up quite closely, um, and I'm keen to keep in touch. Thanks again, Angus. That's Angus Gidley-Baird, Sheep Industry Analyst for Rabobank, and you can find more information online at raboag.com. That's R-A-B-O-A-G.com. And that's this week's ASI Sheepcast. I'm Chase Adams for the American Sheep Industry Association.